peace of Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. Welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you who are visiting with us this morning. On each one of the pews, there is a friendship pad near the center aisle, and we'd love to have you take it and fill it out to let us know that you're here today, whether you're visiting or whether you're regularly here. And pass it down the row so other people can do that too. You can see the announcements that are inside of the bulletin. This Vacation Bible School starts tomorrow, and Tankersley Hall is all set. Yeah, some of it is, there they are. Yeah, some of the workers are up there. Uh, they, it, we have some of it hidden, but you can go have a peek. It was wonderful looking in there. All of the people that are working there this week would appreciate you praying for them and for the children and the families who are involved. And when you leave this morning, the service out on the patio, there's a kind of a big blueprint looking thing and it has on it some prayer cards they'd love to have you take one of those and take it home and pray throughout the week for one of the people that's working vacation bible school next sunday is our vacation bible school sunday and so the children will be singing in church i think singing in church and as you can see we have dk burgers and a bounce house and all sorts of fun stuff happening after second service next Sunday. So you might want to plan to stay for lunch for that. Our summer choir, this is their second week of singing, and you are still welcome to join them. They have new people that join all the time. New people joined this week, I noticed. Um, it, all you have to do to sing in summer choir is to come at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. You don't have to be able to read music well, huh? Uh-huh, see? Uh-huh, people. The new person says, yeah, even I can do it. Right, Gigi? Very good. And anyway, so you don't have to come to a rehearsal during the middle of the week. Just come on Sunday morning at 8, and it's a great way for you to be able to have a bit of a taste of what it is like to sing in the choir and to also help lead us in worship. Sometimes that has grown, and some of the people who've sung in summer choir have become part of the choir throughout the year. Our group that traveled to Israel a few months ago would like to tell you about their trip and show you some pictures. And we're planning to do that in a couple of weeks on the night of July 23rd. That's a Sunday night at 7 o'clock. We'll be in Tank Hall, and we'll have some Middle Eastern refreshments too. So uh, we think on a Sunday night by 7, you can make it through the traffic, and it'll be fine to be down here. And we'll, you've got your own parking lot to park in, so it'll be fine to come down that evening and hear about that. As part of our celebration of our 100 years together as a church, we are celebrating 100 years of baptisms the last Sunday in July. So if you or somebody you know was baptized here, it would be great to have those folks here and to be able to celebrate their baptism together that day. Also, there is a blood drive that we are sponsoring at the beginning of August. You've read in the papers that there's quite a shortage of blood, and so it is especially needed now. You can sign up on the patio, or if you email here, it says to email Sandy Grimm. Sandy Grimm, there, Sandy Grimm. So you can sign up online and you can put in Laguna Press and then you can find out how to be scheduled to give blood here at our blood drive. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. We come into your house, O oh God, out of this beautiful summer morning. 
aware of the blue sky and the, the beautiful ocean and the hills. We know it is warm, but we are in your house, and we ask that your word and your spirit may even deepen our perception of you, bring about the transformation of our own imaginations so that we can see what we have not seen and hear what we have not heard and know your presence and your work in our world and in our lives. This we pray in your name. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship that you'll find printed in your bulletin. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. For he is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of a runner. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. And so let us stand and praise him together.
psalmist from Psalm 2 calls us to confession. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and their rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Let us come to the Lord and confess to him the ways in which we fall short of all that he calls us to be and to do. Let us pray. God of everlasting love, we confess that we have been unfaithful in our covenant with you and with one another. We have yeah, worshipped worship other gods, gods money, power, power, greed, and convenience. We have served our own self-interest instead of serving only you and your people. We have not loved our neighbor as you have commanded, nor have we rightly loved ourselves. Forgive us, gracious God. Bring us back into the fullness of our covenant with you and with one another. And so hear now the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. The students and children are invited to go to Sunday school at this time.
scripture reading this morning is from the book of Acts chapter 4. It's a part of a longer story from chapters 3 through chapter 5. story of how Peter and John in the temple in Jerusalem gave the only gift they had to the man who was born lame by reaching down their hand and saying, stand up and walk, be healed. And the man stood up and walked through the temple praising God. This displeased the authorities in many ways. It was a church that had little room for the supernatural, for the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. When you have everything tacked down, you see, who needs God? Acts 4, verse 23. After Peter and John were released, having been warned never to speak or to act again in the name of Jesus. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they raised their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, It is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, quoting Psalm 2, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers have gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For in this city, in fact, Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. 
to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Bible is filled with all kinds of exhortations which we need to hear. They come from the Lord, calling us to walk in the way of the Lord in order to walk into the way of life, calling us to abide in Christ, to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, calling us to live by the power of the Holy Spirit to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives so that we may be the people of God who are fully awake and fully alive to the glory of God. Someone has said that the glory of God is a human being fully aware and awake. I've always loved that. And so these commands are not words of intimidations that come from God, but they are calls to the way of life. If you want to live life, choose life. Keep the law of God. Break the law, and the law will break you. (laughs) Live in the power of the Spirit, but the intimidators' voices are also heard in Scripture The intimidators' voices are not the voices of God. The disciples had been up into the temple. And there they had proclaimed the word of the Lord, and they had healed a man. And chaos broke forth. Because that healing, that supernatural event, in many ways turned the temple, or began to turn the temple upside down, right side up, and called people to see who God is and what God is doing. But the authorities uttered words of intimidation to the disciples who had done this. Their command to them was this. Not an exhortation, but a word of intimidation. Never, never again speak or act in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Simply be silent. We've got God in our box. We've got the power of God tacked down. But never release that power in the house of God. Because we do not know where it will lead. And the disciples, Peter and John, as well as that little band of Christians, 
had to answer for themselves how they would respond to the threat, to the intimidation. Would they be silent? Or would they be a bold apostolate of power and witness and continue their mission? And so what can we learn from their response? Well, first they gathered with their friends. They came from the authorities who had told them to be silent. And they joined with their friends, the apostolic band, that, that group of disciples who had been claimed by Jesus and who were bonded to Jesus by virtue of the call of Jesus. They came together for the purpose of comforting of one another, of sharing what they had heard to be sure, but simply to be together with their friends in a time of crisis when the political, religious, and economic authorities, the cultural authorities of any society, in the many ways that they have, bring intimidation, pressure, threat upon the church. What does the church do? We are so grateful for the freedom of religion that we have. Nevertheless, there are voices of intimidation. You Christians get off the streets. If you're going to speak and act in the name of Jesus, keep it in the sanctuary. Don't try to shape the world. Leave the world to the authorities, to the principalities and powers whatever they may be. We come together, don't we? We need support and comfort. You remember that date that's branded on the calendar in our minds of 9-11-01? <laughs> when we saw those intimidating planes fly into the World Trade Center and they fell down right before our eyes and the crash of the plane into the Pentagon and in the field out in Pennsylvania, what did we do that day? What was there to say? How could this happen in America? This was a challenge to religion. If there's a God, what does God have to say about this? That evening, like Christians across the country and people of various faiths, we came together in this sanctuary to be with our friends, to comfort one another in our time of grief. And since that day, we have lived with that sense of threat that terrorism poses every time we leave the front door of our home. By the time we get to the airport, we know that we're going to be frisked down and go through the x-ray machines and have our bags searched. And This last week, Ken and I were headed downtown from top of the world, and we got to the corner of Alta Laguna Boulevard and Temple Hills Drive. We got to that intersection, and the police were all out there, and they were stopping traffic and diverting traffic, and 
And I wonder, well, what's all this about? I learned later that someone had chained a suitcase, I think it was, as the story goes, chained it to a pole at the corner there, and people were afraid it was a bomb. Thankfully, it was not, but the Orange County Bomb Squad tore up the suitcase. When I left my house two blocks away, I would have never thought I would have been blown up at the corner top of the world and a lot of people have thought that as they've gone about their activities in various cities and marketplaces and theaters and ballparks and all of that life is a risk and there are intimidating presences in our world October 1993 the day we thought the whole town was going to burn down we came together spontaneously to comfort one another in this sanctuary and thus began the process of the community being healed and of our just being together on that day that none of us could possibly have expected nature itself compose an intimidating voice for we humans. That first church in Jerusalem, when they were threatened by the authorities, they came together. And they came together to pray. And that's why we're here this morning. We come on a regular basis. We come into this place to pray. And that, that early church you know what they prayed? They prayed Psalm 2. Because that psalm was a reminder that they needed to reframe their understanding of who God is and how God is present in relationship with all the powers in the world. And they affirmed the sovereignty of Almighty God in their prayer. The God who had created everything that there is on the earth and the sky and the sea, the beautiful clouds the ocean, the hills, everything that we love, God created it all. And God created you and me. He created the human community. And the final commentary was, it is very good. The question has always been, has God backed off from that which he created to leave it just to function in its own endless cycle of destructive words and behaviors. But the, the early church prayed that psalm too that stands at the beginning of the canon of, of the Psalter. Of all 150 psalms, Psalm 1 calling us to wake up and to walk in the, in the law of the Lord in order to live, to be righteous, to pursue peace and justice and life. If you want to live live by the revelation. But also, if you want to live in the world, know who God is. Because the question of God is the central question in all of our lives. Who is God? What is the character of God? And there's no possibility for us to stand up against the intimidating voices of the world and they're everywhere. We see them endlessly on television. The intimidators and the manipulators 
trying to keep the world tacked down so they can be in control. If there's one dimension of reality that we need to get hold of this morning once again is that God is sovereign and there may be many different powers and principalities out there who are raging, who are filled with hostility, who are threatening, who are intimidating. And their small intimidations, really, if you look at it in the overall context of things, they're really pretty irrelevant. We need to reaffirm this morning who runs the cosmos? Who runs the world? Who is sovereign Lord over the kings of the earth? The ruler of the kings of the world. Sure, Herod and Pontius Pilate and the people of Israel and the Gentiles, they ganged up together against Jesus, the holy servant of God, and they put him to death, but they did not win the final victory. Rather, in the death of Jesus, salvation came into our world so that all creation belongs to God and history is being redeemed by the power of the Word and the Spirit of Almighty God who's come to us in Christ. I don't know about you, but I need to be centered in that. At 9-11 evening, remember that evening? I asked myself, what am I going to say? Who runs the world? How do you explain the existence of evil in the world? We prayed the Psalms and we sang. We prayed together. We lifted up our voices. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change though the mountains shake in the depths of the sea. There is a city whose streams make glad the city of God. Do not be afraid. The God of Jacob is our refuge and strength. Be still and know that I am God. The, most, the psalm that was prayed across the nation that night. So what do we need to be reassured of this morning as to who runs the world? We come into this small building. And here we, we capture just a glimpse of the presence and the power of the reign of God. It's a small building in the overall scope of things. And, and we come to this table and where we encounter smallness again. There's a loaf of bread here and there are pieces of bread and there's, there are cups of juice and there's this table, there's the baptismal font, there is the pulpit, there's the book, there's a preacher, there's a people 
how much or how large do we need? Psalm 2 reminds us, Eugene Peterson said in his book on the Psalms, it says it reminds us that we discover largeness in the interior dimensions of our life, in the smallness of our life, as we come into the presence of God and begin to realize that there's a spiritual transformation going on and that we need to go further up and further in, as C.S. Lewis said, into the ultimate reality. And that begins in the smallness of the table and of the building and of the people and of a gathered group. Here there's a profound mystery that occurs. I wanted to read to you exactly what Eugene Peterson wrote, the translator of the of the message. This is from his book on answering God. He said, the world of the small kings who are protesting and threatening is too small. The kingdom over which they rule, trying to exclude God, too small. They need a larger world, as we do. The way to a larger world is through adoring reverence before the one who is more than they are. Worship. This is not a sovereignty imposed on history or humans. Rather, it invades. It begins on the inside, not the outside. Those who embrace this way discover in the life of prayer that follows that the inside is bigger than the outside. If you know the works of Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, you know about that orchard garden that from the outside looked very, very small. But once one entered into that small garden and went further up and further in, everything became larger. And that's what I'm suggesting to you this morning happens when we come into this smallness we're actually entering into the largeness of the whole created order that is run by God. He said the work of Psalm 2 is to provide access to largeness and thereby to rehabilitate the intimidated imagination so that it can grasp the enormous range of the Word of God. I love that phrase, to rehabilitate the intimidated imagination. How's your imagination this morning? You're going to need some imagination to see God and hear God in this place this morning as you come to this table of smallness and take the bread and dip it in the cup and commune in conjunction with the people of God. I need my imagination rehabilitated so that I can see and hear who really runs the cosmos. Whatever the circumstances of my life may be are what is happening in the world. And there's a hell of a lot going on this morning in the world with threats from little tin-horned dictators to the joining of the leaders of the world with everyone parsing every word and every look and every handshake. 
to all the things that we are concerned about. You just think about how threatening this world can be. But the early church rediscovered through coming together and praying Psalm 2 and lifting up their prayer for boldness that the foundations of the place where they met were shaken. Are you ready for this house to be shaken? And for all of us to be filled up with the power of the Spirit so that we can do the mission of God in great boldness. This is the call of the church, not just in Jerusalem in Acts 4, but to the ends of the earth. We are a presence that reminds the world of who is sovereign Lord and how great the love of God really is. Thanks be to God. Your bound.
Eternal God, we trust your steadfast hand that holds our lives and our world. You tell us not to be afraid of what the future holds, not to worry about tomorrow, but you know how difficult we find it to heed your words. We are anxious about so many things. We bring you our worries about health and happiness and security for ourselves and for our loved ones. We bring our fears about the world we live in and its future, about the way people in our world are treated as less than human, exploited and helpless and abused. As the nations conspire against your ways and your church, we pray for boldness for your church here and around the world. We bring you the worries and the fears which keep us awake at night, the worries which only you know. This week as we begin Vacation Bible, we, Bible School, we pray for each leader and child and family who is involved. We ask that you would be at work in their midst. We bring you these gifts, asking that you will use them and that you will use us for your purposes in this world. This is the table of our Lord. And he invites us to come further up and further in to the reality of the kingdom of heaven. This table is focused here on this corner in this building. But it is a table that stretches around the world and welcomes all who know their need for the grace and the comfort of God and the power of the Spirit with which to live. He invites us to take the small piece of bread, to dip it in the cup, and to remember that our Lord died for the sins of the world, but that God raised him on the third day triumphant. And the ultimate commentary of all of Scripture is that he is the ruler of the kings of the earth and that God will win in the final battle between good and evil that the kingdom shall prevail. So we come because we're invited to come by the Lord. And we eat and drink. We join with brothers and sisters who come from east and west and north and south and sit at table in the kingdom of God who are waiting for the fullness of the transformation of heaven and earth. Let us give thanks for the promise of this table. Faithful God, we thank you that you created the world good and you, that you placed us in it to love and to serve you. We thank you for your love which has surrounded us all our days. We thank you that even when we reject your love and ignore your truth, you do not reject us, that you love us still and call us to turn again to you to center our lives on the deep foundation of your love. We thank you that in the fullness of time you sent your son Jesus to save us. God of very God, he was born amongst us, full of grace and truth. 
He lived as one of us. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, opened blind eyes, and gave himself for the salvation of the world. In his death on the cross, he overcame death. By your power, he broke free from the prison of the tomb, and at his command, the gates of hell were opened. The one who was dead now lives. Send now your Holy Spirit to settle on this bread and cup and fill them with the fullness of Jesus. To your table you bid us come. You've set the places. You've poured the cup. And there's always room, you say, for one more. And so we come, running, limping, carried. We come. Hungering for your bread, we come. Thirsting for your love, we come. And so we pray as you have taught us, saying, Our Father, Our Father who, art who art in, in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body given for you. Do this remembering me. In like manner, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So we come this morning with faith, with hope, with love, with our own sanctified imaginations, we are in touch with and in fellowship with one another and the sovereign God, ruler of heaven and earth. As you come this morning, as our ushers bring you, please take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup and commune, and return to your seats down the side aisles to be in prayer until all have been served. Would our ushers and elders please come?
come further up and further in to the reality of God's kingdom. As we go forth into the world, may we see the world in a larger way. May we see the world filled with the presence and power of the living Lord. And may we be given the boldness with which to live, with courage, to love one another, to reach beyond ourselves, to faithfully journey until in the fullness of time Christ comes again and all of this old creation is transformed into the new in the fullness of time. Lord, keep us faithful in the long journey. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
True. 